0: The goal of equipping the athlete and those coaching them with the physical, mental, and spiritual armor necessary to live their best life. Here's Coach Connors.
1: Welcome to our 14th show. Uh, today we have with us former UNC head football coach and Philadelphia Eagles linebacker, Coach John Bunning. Coach, great to have you here with us today.
2: Good to be with you.
1: I uh, can't tell you how honored I was for you to hire me at UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, it was a hell of a ride for me, and I can't ever thank you enough for that experience. And uh, I gained so much respect for you during the time that I was there, uh, your background, what you stood for. The way you handled the staff, the family atmosphere that you promoted, uh, definitely one of the best experiences in my coaching career, and I definitely want to thank you very much for that experience.
2: Much appreciated there, and uh, you were one of my first hires, and uh, I never regretted it one single second. Uh, you are what I wanted in a, in a strength coach. And, and having you around my staff, it was important. And uh, yet yeah, we didn't win enough games to stay afloat, yeah. but, uh, and I, I mentioned this earlier, you gotta have a quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not gonna win. Yeah. If you don't win, you're gonna get fired. But uh, I enjoyed my time there. It was one of my goals in my life. Once I graduated from the University of North Carolina and went up to Philly to play a little ball, I always wanted to return and I got that opportunity. And I'm extremely thankful that
1: I did. Well, Coach, I want to go through uh, your journey a little bit uh, for the listening audience. Uh, a little bit of back your background here. Uh, from 1969 to 1971, you were playing at UNC. And in 1971, you, uh, the Tar Heels won the ACC, gained an ACC title in 71. Uh, from '72 uh, to '82, you played for the Philadelphia Eagles. From '83 to '84, the Philadelphia Stars. Uh, and then in 1985, I believe you started to uh, was a coach for the Baltimore Stars. That's correct. And then in '86 uh, at Brown University. At uh, from '87 uh, to '92. You were the head coach at Glassboro State that uh, I guess changed to Rowan, uh, the name Rowan.
2: That's right. Henry Rowan uh, gave $100 million to Glassboro State to start an engineering program. And they took that money and said, hey, let's name the <laughs> college after him.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, then 1993 to 96, you were with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Coach D ends, and then linebackers. In 1997, you were with the Rams, coaching linebackers. Uh, 1988 to 1999, co-defensive coordinator, which culminated in a Super Bowl victory. 2000 with the Saints, coaching linebackers, and then 2001 to 2006 at UNC Chapel Hill uh, as the head football coach at your alma mater, and. Uh, Boy, Coach, what a great career, what a blessing all your experiences are. And, uh, you know, what a platform you have now to influence others from your great experiences. And uh, so I wanted to ask you first uh, about the experience in Silver Spring that brought you to a scholarship at UNC Chapel Hill. Who were your influences and maybe what were some of your challenges uh, growing up? Well I tell
2: you that that's the first thing that I would say about myself is that I had two very, very fine parents. Uh, and they were main they were Maine people. They were New Englanders. They were old school. Uh, things uh, were uh, done the right way. Uh, everything I had two brothers, an older and a younger. And uh, my parents did a terrific job raising them. They did a terrific job. Uh, re- me in every once in a while, every once in a yeah. while, I need to get, get rained in. But, uh, uh, I grew up, I was born in Maine. They're from Maine. I would go up there on vacation when I was a little kid and uh, go to this, this lake that we now own a property on same yeah. lake that I went to as a kid. And, uh, but having two brothers, I think was, was great for me. I was the middle child. Uh, and, uh, you know, my br- older brother was a football player and a really fine wrestler. And De- Jeff, you know enough of, about wrestling uh, that that's a very, very intense sport. Uh, and I right. grew to enjoy that environment. As a matter of fact, I went out for the wrestling team, quit basketball for one practice. How was it? That's I I all I could take of that wrestling stuff. Uh, so I went back to basketball, but, uh, you know, having two brothers was a lot of fun. We were spaced out. I think dad dad always wanted somebody to be around to mow the lawn, you know. So yeah. uh, we, we had a good time uh, growing up. And, uh, you know, for me, I didn't play football until my sophomore year in high school. There was no mm. programs for young, for kids uh, back in the day but uh, I loved basketball. I loved playing baseball uh, and uh, following my older brother and, and seeing how intense he was uh, going from a 165-pound class as a, as, as a junior dropping down uh, 11 pounds to 154 so he could wrestle the, the, the previous champion from the year before. He wanted to get that guy. I drew mm-hmm. a lot from my older brother. My parents uh, were, were always at every one of their games, uh, my games. Uh, It was, it was a terrific childhood for me growing up there in Silver Spring, Maryland. And then uh, I thought for sure, I'd be going to the university of Maryland. Uh, Bob Ward was the head football coach at the time. And uh, his son, Jim Ward was uh, the tailback. I was the fullback. His son was the, the shortstop. I was the third baseman. His son was the shooting guard. I was the point guard. So I was all always around Bob Ward and his son. Thought for sure right. I was going to Maryland, but I I went down and made a trip to North Carolina. Uh, Bill Dooley, uh, the head football coach, really, really impacted me on the visit. And then when he came to school, Springbrook High School there in Silver Spring, Maryland, uh, that, that really impressed me and uh, I became a Tar Heel.
1: Gotcha. Well, some of that I hadn't heard before, so uh, very interesting. Um, I met your parents, of course, several times. Yes. And uh, your dad had an interesting nickname. Was it Dad Boy? <laughs> dad Boy. Yeah. Part Dad, part Boy. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome, man. He
2: was a he was a a, a golfer. Uh, yeah. He, he was a uh, horseshoe player. Uh, he, he was, a, he had some talent and, uh, he was in the, the service during World War II. And, and when, uh, uh, when that all ended, he ended up going to work for the government and he worked at Fort Meade. He was, uh, uh, he had a badge and the last three digits on his badge were 007. Uh, and we used to call him, he was the spy. He was the spy of the family. And that's, yeah. we never knew any, of the work that he did he was a wow. he was an analyst and uh-huh. all i know is that when the, the cuban missile crisis was going on we were building a bomb shelter downstairs wow yeah wow so and my mom was very very strong lady um mm-hmm. yeah and uh my dad lived to 100 years old
1: wow so, i didn't what, know that that's what awesome not,
2: what i have not ruined playing 13 years on the philadelphia turf uh i i have a, a good good gene pool to draw from my mom lived to like 93 she had a little dementia mm-hmm. towards the end but hey
1: we yeah. all get some of that you know yes sir uh what did you weigh going into uh unc uh i i
2: went to, from about 175 pounds as a junior to about 190 pounds as a senior in high school and i probably entered uh Carolina as a freshman uh weighing about that about 200 pounds and gotcha. then I, I, went, I finished at about 215 216 uh when I when I entered the pro ball and that's what I played at for the most part I maybe gotten to the 220s a couple different times but after reconstructive uh, ACL surgery uh I dropped back down to 216, yeah. 217 so I was a I was a lightweight but uh I had really good coaching at North Carolina, particularly my position coach. Uh, He he taught me how to roll the hips and and, and snap people up, uh, particularly the tight ends. I love playing over a tight end.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, talk a little bit about Bill Dooley and the way that he coached and, you know, kind of the things that he hung his hat on, what was important. uh, What were the things that got your team to, you know, the ACC title? And of course I met many of your teammates and became friends with them myself to an extent. Uh, you know, what, what a great group of men, you know, uh, just incredible, you know, Don McCauley and and, and Ted and all those guys. And uh, I know that it was a very tight knit group. And I know that that was certainly part of the deal as far as what you got you guys to the ACC title. And of course, I don't ever forget Timmy Kirkpatrick either. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, a uh, few things about Dooley, maybe. What do you think let, about Let it? me just say this about that to begin with. Three
2: right. weeks ago, we had a reunion of the 1970, 1971, and 1972 bowl teams coached by Bill Dooley.
0: I organized
2: wow. it. I got it going. We had Uh about 60 players back in Chapel Hill and we were down in that new part of the stadium called the blue zone. We had a Friday night dinner. I had some special guests there. I had Woody Durham's wife, Jean, there at the the Uh event. Uh, I had uh, uh, Marie Dooley came in with an escort and, and she was there. So we got to introduce all these people, all these special guests we yeah. had a love fest for Friday night. <laughs> Saturday we went down yeah. to uh, a place called Blues on Franklin, uh, right down the street from the top of the hill, and we had a, a brunch there at like ten thirty. We had about yeah. uh, about a hundred people there, and mm-hmm. from there we we split. It was a night game. They were playing Pittsburgh. Andre uh, was was coaching, of course, for the Pittsburgh Panthers, uh, yeah. and Frank Siggnett was also he's the offensive coordinator there. But oh, yeah. uh, we we then had a tailgate started at four o'clock. Teresa Vanderford, my old secretary, helped me organize all this stuff. And she had the tailgate going and, and we just it was a love fest for for two days. And uh, as great it was great that I had Dawn, my my head coach, uh my 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 lady, my wife, yep, was there. We all had a blast. Uh Saw so many of these guys—the Keith Hickses and the and the, the Ronja Buskies and and uh, Timmy Kirkpatrick was there. Uh, Ted Elkins, of course, was there. He was out front. We we got introduced in between the first and the second quarter. Um, and I think Ted was doing some somersaults or something like that. You know, <laughs> we just had a great great time, and uh, you know that that group, very special, uh, tough mentality that Bill Dooley pressed us with I mean we you know, back back in the day we went three a days for the first three days no pads uh they had that rule in but when we went to spring practice or we were in summer camp uh we were a hitting group of players yeah. we hit all the time uh and uh th- that really prepared me for 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 pro football I mean yeah training camp was long but it was easy compared to what we went through with bill Dooley and he, he gradually got the players that he wanted. We, we, we'd like to run football. And we had a guy Don McCauley that broke OJ Simpson's record single season record with yeah. I think 1,700 yards his senior year. Uh, but we had an offensive line. We, we, we ran the football. And Paul Miller was our quarterback. He was also at the reunion with his yeah. bride and uh, you know, we we were a hitting defense. We we were we, we we only we played three deep. Uh, all all we did was play man to man all the time, and uh, but you know those guys uh, up front with the offensive line and the guys up front with our defensive line made it easier for us linebackers to run around and make tackles. But uh, spring ball, you know, I'll never forget this, Jeff. This is an interesting story. My sophomore mm-hmm. year, we lose at Duke, and Bill Dooley at, at our annual dinner uh, to, to go back over the season and, and had a dinner out, uh, he, he, he said the words, that Duke game left a bad taste in my mouth. That meant spring practice was going to be one bear, and we <laughs> did. So we, yeah. we, he got everything out of it uh, that he could. Uh, I remember coming back after spring break, we we'd had like six practices. We had 20 practices back then. I don't know what it is now, Jeff. It's a lot, lot less. I'm sure. But oh yeah. We yeah. we got taped up and we went upstairs to, to uh, watch the last practice before spring break. And while we are watching, while we were watching the tape and whatnot, Dooley comes in shuts the lights on and goes, uh, man, there's been a, there's been a lot of rain out there while you were watching the movies and uh, we're going to take the, the pads off and uh, we're going to go up to the gym and do a little running and he took us up there and he ran us to death and yeah we were walking on the path you, you've you been on that path there was no rain oh, yeah it hadn't rained at all he, just, <laughs> he said he wanted to punish us because we were on spring break so uh, that was the kind of things that he did. And, and uh, yeah. we, you know, we were able to offensively run the football quite well. Uh, my senior year, uh, you know, we, we had two losses one to Tulane, who passed the ball over the place, and we lost at Notre Dame. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. we, were, we were, you know, a, a really fine football team. And, and yeah. we went to, it was dually versus dually in the Gator Bowl. And oh. that was probably they know they knew each other inside and out, and wow. it was a seven three score. They said the most boring Gator Bowl of all times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Don McCauley was my roommate when I went with you one time down to the Roman Gabriel golf tournament when David E. shaved my head at his house, and then. <laughs> <when> I- <laughs> When Macaulay came in, I was in bed, and he thought I was some kind of alien that infiltrated the hotel. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, uh, man, what a great person he is, and and God, what a great player.
2: He means uh, so much to us. He was our – the Charlie Choo Choo Justice was the big back way back when. He wasn't real big, but he was a great player. And the Choo Choo Justice era was very special back in the 40s. Uh, and, and, and we, we recognize that as a staff and, and uh, loved having them back when they could be back. But Don was our guy. And yeah. to this day, he is revered. He walks into a room, everybody goes quiet, you know, mm-hmm. because they want to, they want to see hear, and
1: feel his presence because he does give it off. Absolutely. Well, I really just had a lot of fun and enjoyed the, uh... Watching you and your teammates together at different functions uh, that was enjoyable to me just to see the great unity that you all had and camaraderie between you. so uh, and that's very important to, for a winning football team. No yeah. doubt about
2: it and and uh, I often say that you know the, the, the locker rooms uh, they're good these days, particularly when you're winning. Yeah, and I, I, I really love what Mac Brown's been able to do this year with the Tar Heels. Yeah, won, won a lot of close games, uh, won on the road, undefeated on the road, I believe. And yeah. uh, and now they're going to play Clemson here in the ACC championship game. And, and you know, uh, they had a tough loss last week against Georgia Tech. Yeah. Okay? They snuck up on them. And some people might call it a trap game, but yeah, hey, they've won a lot of close ones. And I've been in the locker rooms where we're losing. I've talked about as a player now, uh, and, and it's no, no fun. And I've been in the locker room when we're winning and it's a lot of fun. And yeah. usually it's because we have good players and they get along and they want to play for each other. Yep. And I think that starts with the head coach. I mean, Dick for
1: is one of those guys. You yeah. Know? Well, uh, yeah, I mean you talked about a quarterback, and uh, Max certainly found a quarterback. So uh no doubt about it. He is <laughs> yeah. special. And interestingly enough,
2: I'm not <laughs> sure if you know this, Jeff, but uh the offensive coordinator for the Tar Heels is Phil Longo. Yeah he played for us at Glassboro State. Oh wow, I didn't know that. He played for us. He was he was a backup fullback. Wow. Uh, that got on the field with special teams and got in there on short yardage situations. Uh, and he's paid a price. He's been all over the country coaching. He's got uh, a wife and four kids. Uh, I'm still very close to him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's right. kind of cool that he's out of, awesome. he's out of my tree and uh, he's done a great job. He did a great job last year and the year before. Uh, and he's doing a great job right now with that quarterback, bringing him along. I just keep trying to encourage him. Will you please
1: teach him how to slide? Yeah. You know, he tries to run people over. Well, I see his name come up for head jobs quite frequently. So, you know, he, he might land one, one of these days. Uh, I'm no very doubt. familiar with him. Yes. No doubt.
2: Well, the other kind of, kind of the kids, kids in our tree, you know, look at Arthur Smith head coach oh, yeah. the down there, you know, you, You and I both had some frustrations with him uh, because he was was hurt most of the time, right? Yeah. But great family, great kid, hardworking, loves coaching. And, uh, you know, I pull for him every week. And the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions played ball for us at UNC, Ben Johnson. Backup, 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 backup quarterback.
1: Yeah, I coached him. I know him very well. He's a great, <laughs> great kid and smart. Really good. Yeah, you could tell that he was always thinking. He was a, a very intelligent kid. Yeah, no and, doubt. And, uh, you know, the, uh, Dwayne Ledford, who I coached at ECU, is Arthur Smith's offensive line coach.
2: That's correct,
1: yeah. And so now uh, I'm going to fly down there for the Steelers game. And uh, I said, Dwayne, do it, you know, tell me what I need to do, get a hotel, whatever. He goes, no, you're going to all the meetings with me and the walkthrough and everything. I said, oh, okay. So uh, I, I'm waiting. I'm That's anxious awesome. to do it. Yeah. That'll be, be a fun. lot of fun. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, so uh, when you got to the Eagles, was it Mike McCormick was your head coach? It was actually a gentleman by the name of Eddie Kayat. Okay. Was, yeah, I knew the, it was
2: one of them. He had played. He had played in the league, as did McCormick. Um, and Eddie uh, was one of those battlers. And uh, he was from Moss Point, Mississippi. And uh, he had a ton of expressions. And uh, he he was a funny guy. And uh, but he did not, in my opinion, have a very good staff. Yeah. Uh, McCormick took over after that year. We we lost a bunch of games. He was hired from the Redskins. And, uh, yeah. you know, George Allen and that group and, uh, Mike McCormick, I think he'd been an all pro, uh, offensive lineman at one point, but he was, uh, he was a good guy. He was, a, he, he kind of played games a little bit with some of the players and, and he traded a bunch of guys in 75 and we, we lost a lot of leadership. Yeah. And when you lose, lose that leadership and things go south, things continue to go south and uh, so he was fired after 75 and then they hired this guy uh, out of UCLA and I went oh my god a college coach is going to come in here and try to coach the pros dick Vermeil, and yeah. uh yeah we learned what right away that he was going to be a no nonsense guy and I take a lot of what I did as a coach from him you know Get rid of the guys that don't want to work hard. Yeah. And, and you know, at one point, I think about two or three years into his reign, um, we had only about 12 guys left from the original roster. So yeah. he'd gotten rid of a bunch of players. Uh, he had no draft picks because they had traded two number ones to get Roman Gabriel. Uh, they had traded two number ones to get Bill Bubba Berge. And so we had no, no, no draft picks. I think the first draft pick they had that was any merit was like a, a number three or a number four. And they selected uh, Reggie Wilkes uh, outside backer from George tech. And then the next year, the year that I'm coming off this, the surgery, the ACL reconstruction uh, they have, a, they had their first first round pick and they select Jerry Robinson out of UCLA, who, got recruited by Dick Vermeil, and he's a linebacker. They're trying to run me out of the show. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't right. They drafted a linebacker in 78, now they drafted the first-round pick, Jerry Robinson, out of UCLA, uh, with the, the first pick in the 79 draft. So, uh, they never got my job. None, neither one of them. No. But uh, uh, they they were good players. Uh, yeah. Jerry was fun. To, I, I really worked hard with him to get him to learn how to watch tape and get ready for and prepare for games. Uh, Our defense became really good. We were number one uh, overall, uh, like two or three years in a row. Uh, And offensively, hey, Dick wanted to run the football. uh, And he he got himself a quarterback named Ron Jaworski. Oh, yeah. Uh, But uh, Wilbert Montgomery, tremendous running back. We developed an offensive line. Had a lot of guys went to Pro Bowls: Stan Walters, Jerry Sizemore, uh, just to name a couple of them. Guy Morris, God bless him, but passed away uh, two years ago. Uh, he was he was an All Pro center, uh, and uh, we we had a we were really good with the offensive line. We had a couple tight ends that played: Keith Krefling, John Spagnola, but uh, Wilbert was he was our offense and uh, defensively. Uh, we were like I said, we were, we were number one a couple, three years uh, there, and we had a we had a great run. Got to the Super Bowl uh, in 1980, the 1980 season. Went down to New Orleans and kind of a, uh, you know, did a did a bad job uh, on, on game day, um, and uh, we, and we lost. But fortunately for for me, I got joined up with Dick again and uh,
1: coached it in the Super Bowl and won. Yeah well my my question was going to be what were the factors that took you through a seven-year grind to get to the Super Bowl uh with the Eagles and uh you know from the I you were there before a few years before 76 but I know that the, the record starting in 76 was four and ten and then five and nine and then a nine and seven season and then uh you know like 11 and five and 12 and five and so forth but uh Anything else you'd like to mention about the factors that took you through that 7-year grind? We Yeah, we 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 worked hard. We we
2: we we took on Dick's work ethic. Uh and yeah. and, and we survived. I mean, we went 7 weeks of two-a-days his first year. 7 yeah. whole weeks of two-a-days, full pads every practice. And uh and that that's the way it was. Uh, until we started to get, get some wins under our belt. And then he, he cut it back a little, not a lot, a little. Yeah. But uh, practice for the Eagles was was daunting. I mean, you know, normal practice schedule is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday you kind of lay low. But our Friday practices, they're three hours long. Yeah. Three hours long. And, and occasionally I felt like we left – some of that on the practice field and uh and and we you know as much as we talked to him about it uh, he, he didn't change much he, he really did he had his way of, of doing things and that's the way it was gonna be and uh we we learned to appreciate him a, a lot of us still stay in touch with that guy i was up to see him get inducted yeah in canton last last yeah. summer me and uh, me and don uh flew from maine to uh, canton and uh and there's at least 25 ph- uh, Philadelphia Eagle players there, at least. Yeah. That's 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 saying something. Guys came from all of You know?
1: Well, Coach, you know, I'm big on uh, military principles. And so, you know, what the, the Marines always say is the chief incalculable is the human dimension. And so when I think about your time at Carolina and I think about your time with the Eagles, I really think about the power of the human dimension. And I think that it was uh, definitely prevalent through both of your experiences from everything I understand. So uh, with the Eagles, for instance, what do you think were some common character traits that you all might have had?
2: I would say, you know, that was, we learned how to work better, more efficiently, and we learned uh, how to play together much, much better. Uh, And once again, if you don't have enough talent, you're not going to win. It's, yeah. it's just not going to, it's not going to happen. you got to have a quarterback. And, and, uh and, and we got Jaws. Jaws was a fine quarterback and very, very loyal to me during the 82 strike. Uh, yeah. And subsequently, you know, we've had some discussions about it. He thinks the strike t- tore us apart and in some ways he might be right, but we had to go on strike. We had to do it. It had to be done. Uh, You know, we 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 were fighting for free agency, which never got until they uh, sued the NFL and and won in court. Uh, But uh, we we wanted we wanted we wanted to first of all we wanted safer uh, turf, and they they finally do have I think a safer turf. But you know, with Jeff, you know from from that the the game that that we play and and the game that we love, uh, it's 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 violent. And and the 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 players are bigger, faster, stronger now. Uh, They're going to have ACLs. They're going to have you know they're going to have issues running, running, and 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 changing direction. So yeah, um, that's that's part of it. I mean, I think the best part I think is reflective in the way that our players turned out to to see Dick Vermeil up there in Canada. There's so many so many guys came in it's because we all loved each other we loved yeah. playing together and uh, that's that's to me that that's that's what the marine corps is about i, I, yeah. I feel, feel the same way about military
1: absolutely uh well one question i had going back then is you know when i when i played which is you know i i think i when i graduated in 1980 i played for salem uh, university west virginia i was a defensive back but uh, when you were in the NFL were they still serving beer at lunch during camp <laughs> we, we
2: we didn't get served beer at lunch we certainly when the practice was over we headed right to a couple of local bars and and and, it, and we got as much beer in as we could so that we could make the meetings because uh, the, the meetings would start at seven we got came off the practice field at about 5 30 we're out in the bars and having three four five six beers so we can go eat eat some dinner because you're yes. exhausted by the end of the day <laughs> after two a day practices so you threw a couple beers down you get a little hungry gotcha <laughs> and we, was, we had you know we had the beers on the planes riding home we got yeah. two, two each as we got in there and some guys would uh you know trade this trade that kind of try to get an extra <laughs> beer or whatever but uh
1: i don't even think they, they don't even do
2: that stuff anymore they don't allow that no nah.
1: Uh, well, so during that time period, of course, you know, being uh, grown up around Pittsburgh, I was a Steeler fan. And, you know, we we had all those guys together with the Steelers for so many years. I mean, it was amazing, you know, Joe Green and, uh, you know, and of course Brad Shaw and Jack Ham and uh, Roy Jurella, the kicker, and just, uh, you know, so many guys together for so many years. And, you know, looking back at that with the Eagles, I mean – that had to be a, an important factor with you guys also being able to keep the same guys together. I think that was a big part of it. And of course there was a price to pay to stay
2: on that team. I mean, yeah. Dick didn't have any, he didn't have any favorites. Yeah. Uh, I certainly was not one of them. He's to this day, he never calls me coach, <laughs> even though I coach for <laughs> yeah. several different places. He calls me John. I'm not, ne- he he only calls coaches that have just been coaches. Coach, right. you know it's kind of funny, and uh, you know the, the the players that were able to hang in there. We we did, Jeff we didn't have a strength and conditioning coach. We had an assistant trainer. Yeah, ran our off season program, and he was really good, really good. Wow. He got yeah. he got me back on the field after that ACL reconstruction. Uh, but uh, so we had a weight room that consisted of probably about four or five uh, bench press uh, uh, benches and, uh, and probably a couple of those things where you, you could do some squats inside that, 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 that apparatus. So yeah, uh, it, it just wasn't th- the same uh, as it is today. It's so yeah. prominent and you know more than anybody uh, that I know
1: about what it takes to be in good shape and and, and play this, this great game. That was probably the old Ricky rack. You might've been on that Ricky rack that was, uh, you know, invented by, uh, I don't remember Ricky's first name, but I think it, it showed up with the Steelers first, but, uh, yeah, that goes back a ways. Uh, so coach, um, I'm going to get into a couple of things now that are a little bit emotional for me and, uh, you'll have to excuse me maybe, but, uh, you know, I, I really believe that just like your experience because I observed you and I, I really kind of – anything you ever said, I took to heart because I always felt like I could learn from you because you had such a great experience and you were respected by so many people. And I believe that you believe that things could turn in Carolina similar to how they turned with the Eagles – I just really feel like uh, you felt like it was going to take the same type of commitment, the same type of things that you experienced as a player to turn it around. With the Eagles, it didn't happen overnight, obviously. And it wasn't going to happen with people that weren't committed. And it wasn't going to happen just with talent. It was going to happen with character and hard work. And so when I go back and I look at 2001, and I see on defense, we lost Earl Hood, we lost Quincy Monk, we lost Julius Peppers, Merceda Perry, Anthony Perkins, Ryan Sims, Joey Evans, David Thornton, Billy D. Greenwood, and then as well on offense, and don't let us not forget about our kicker, Jeff Reed, but on offense, Ronald Curry and Zach Hilton and Sam Aiken and, of course, a guy like Corey Bailey. And There's probably at least 10 of these guys that went on to play in the NFL.
2: Really good players. Really good players.
1: All they wanted,
2: they wanted an opportunity to win. Yeah. And they had not had it. And because they had not had it, and the coach was under scrutiny all the time, the predecessor, recruiting went down. Yeah. So I inherited all these great players. Yep. And what do we do? Right out of the box, what do we do? We go out and play defending champion Oklahoma. Yep. And give them a game. We go to uh, Maryland and we are defeated by the eventual ACC champion, and then we go to Texas to play yeah. the Longhorns. Wow. I mean, we got three losses, and we came back against Oklahoma. We yeah. kind of got, got out of sorts at, in, in, with, at the Maryland game, but we gave Texas a game out there in Austin. And I'm saying to myself, you know, we're and 3 We're getting ready to play SMU. And I said, we're going to get a win here. And then 9-11 happens. And all the games were postponed. Yeah. So we are now faced with playing the mighty Florida State Seminoles at home. And I'm expecting this. This is another top 10 team that we're we're playing against. And we beat the pants off them. Yeah. Our players stood up and wanted to win and proved that they were capable of winning offensively. We I, I went to the two headed quarterback that game. Darian yep. would play two series and Ronald Curry played two series. Daring had gotten some experience late in the games, particularly out there in, at Oklahoma uh, and, and Ronald was having some issues. He was having some, and, and I had a long talk with that young man. I love Ronald Curry. There's yep. nothing not to love about that guy. And he's, you know, he, he played basketball. He was a starting point guard for 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 those for the Tar Heels, and he never really developed as a quarterback because he missed spring practice every year. But yeah, what a what great character! What a great human being! He's now uh, the quarterbacks coach for the New Orleans Saints. Um, yeah, awesome. love that guy. But we had good players, and the players they 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 wanted to win so bad. And then we went on a streak. I think we won five, five in a row, and uh, we finally got beat by Georgia Tech down there at Georgia Tech. And and, uh, and Ronald, a matter of fact, didn't play in that game because he was going to a, a relative's funeral. So yeah, Well, we didn't. Well, have my that.
1: point. Yeah. Go ahead. My point here is, you know, I show up at pro day. I think Vermeil was there that year. Everybody was there. I'm looking at these guys. I'm thinking to myself, you know. We don't have a whole lot of guys on the team, and these guys leave that look like these guys. No, we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, no, a lot of work about it, Jeff. And, And you know that was a huge loss, losing all those guys on defense. And then you called me and you said, "Meet me at Timmy Kirkpatrick's place." And I went in there, and you had a look on your face. I didn't know if he, you and Timmy were g- going to have to fight somebody coming in the bar. What was going on that day? But you said, "Hey, John Tenuta is leaving." Yes. And you know what? When you when you lose your your whole defense, and you're counting on your defensive coordinator to be out there recruiting, finding people to replace these guys, and then all of a sudden you realize that he's leaving. That was a huge hit. Very. That might very have been very hurtful. Very hurtful. Yeah. Very
2: hurtful. And, and you know, you know, Dave Huxtable told me later that Taduza was going to try his very best to get away because he said, "This is a graveyard. This defense we have this year is great. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing left in the cupboard. There's nothing there." And. And we, we found that out. Uh, and we found that out for the next two years. We, did, we didn't have defense. And it was so hard standing on that side. Well, line.
1: I'm not real big on the transfer portal and the NIL. But I do think that UNC Chapel Hill has the resources for those types of things to pretty much compete with anybody across the country when it comes to that. So that might have actually helped us at that point. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that, I do know. Yeah. I agree. Because uh, that, we had great, for, great for us back then. We we had some kids stacked in there that were going to be a tough. A tough challenge for us to develop. You know, it wasn't going to happen overnight. Right. No doubt. And, uh, you know, I'm just speaking facts right now. You know, I'm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have absolutely nothing to gain or lose by not just speaking facts right now. So, you know, we went into that next season, and now you got Miami of Ohio, Syracuse, Texas, and Arizona State on the schedule. And Miami of Ohio, you think, well, yeah, you should be able to beat them. Well, guess who was the quarterback <laughs> Roethlisberger was in his senior year? Big so, thing. hey, good luck with that one. That guy so, uh, was
2: phenomenal. He, he probably yeah. was the best quarterback we faced in, in my six years there uh, at Carolina. Right. He was, he's very, very special, as we all know.
1: Yeah. Now we still managed to beat uh, Syracuse. I don't know if that was a three overtime game or what it was, but uh, I did. That might have been the following year to three overtime game, and then uh, and then we beat Arizona State on the road. Yep. Uh, I remember we flew in at daylight off of that one <laughs> That's but, for sure uh, uh, but coach you know and then then the next year of course it was Wisconsin Syracuse again uh, ECU and Arizona State again uh, so you know you're you're not really getting a break and you're out of conference schedule anywhere along the line really uh, you know ECU was down that year I do remember that. Uh, but that that was a win. and then I think Syracuse was a a three overtime win. And then the following year, uh you know we're working, okay, we're working because the following year we we are six and five and and make it to a ball.
2: absolutely we We rode the quarterbacks back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, defensively, we got better because our freshmen became sophomores and our sophomores became uh you know juniors and and we we grew up a little bit on defense. Uh, you know, I had to let uh, Huxtable go. I, that hurt a great deal. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, he's a fine man and a, a fine football coach. But it was time. It was time to make a change. And uh, we brought in the Marvin Sanders uh, and uh, and a couple other guys on defense. And, and, and we, we got a little bit better.
1: Yeah. And, and that year we had William & Mary, Louisville, Utah, and Miami. Uh, well, was Miami – in the ACC yet. They were not, they were scheduled yeah. to come in the following year. So we had, those were our out of conference games. As I remember, we, we did have a good win over Miami. Uh, of number, course, number uh, three or number four in the country, undefeated seven. and zero. Louisville was in their heyday big time. I mean, uh, you know, uh, they were like winning 11, 12 games during that time period. So, you think scheduling them as an out-of-conference team might be a win for you, but that, that was a real tough deal right there too. Uh, scheduling them and Utah was incredible that year, as I remember. Utah went uh, to a bowl game, a big bowl game, and
2: I think they ended up like number five in the country. Yeah, they were th- that they were that good. I'm not a real fan of their head football coach, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, at least back then, and uh, and still am. Not a big fan of his, but because he was running up the score, you know we're we're down by 20 points in the in the fourth quarter, and he's still throwing the ball with Alex Smith, one of the greatest right. quarterbacks uh, Utah's ever had. But anyway, yeah. uh, you know, hey, you got to stop him, and uh, we we didn't we didn't stop him at all. And yeah, it was a long, long ride back from Utah.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I just remember one of their. Uh, Defensive Samoan players uh, calling out Madison Hedgecock before the game. A hey, tough guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Madison Hedgecock. There's a there's a wonderful, wonderful person and a really tough player. How about how about we moved him from fullback to defensive yeah. tackle or defensive end mid-season because we had so many players that were, quite frankly, they just weren't tough enough, Jeff. I mean, yeah. we, you 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 your best to make them tougher, but hey, yeah. s- sometimes it's just not there. And but we did that, and I said, Madison, I promise that I will move you back to fullback your senior year, and we did.
1: Anyone so Madison, played uh,
2: played about five six years in the NFL.
1: Yeah, he had a really good career with the Giants. Uh, you know, Madison Power Clean three eighty five, and of course, uh, Jason Brown. There were some of my, you know, some of my uh, best. Best people in the weight room, Jason Brown, power clean 419 and jerked it, which was nuts. <laughs>
2: Special Shit, man. human being there too, boy. What a big heart that man has.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had some, you know, we had some good kids. Uh, and then Wisconsin the next year, uh, Louisville again and Utah again, and we actually beat Louisville at home, as I remember. And we lost to Wisconsin 14 to 5. And, uh, and then I I think we lost an overtime game to Maryland, which was crazy. That would have put us in a bowl again. Yes. And that, that one hurt that that season.
2: Uh, I I have, have, if I regret anything, we just, we just couldn't push it over the top. I mean, Matt Baker was our quarterback. He did a fine job. Uh, he was, he was a good quarterback. He was a tough quarterback, but, uh, we just didn't make enough plays to, to get that extra win. That overtime game to Maryland was killer, it really was. Yeah. And we had a couple of balls thrown over top of our heads. Uh, I know that uh, Marvin Sanders was fighting with one of the cornerbacks. He was, he was upset with them and d- didn't start him and then put him back in the game. Oh, it's just crazy stuff. Hey, they're young kids. They're 18, 19, 20 year old yeah. kids. They do they they do crazy stuff.
1: Well, coach, we had uh, one more year and we had uh we were, as you said, lacking at the quarterback position, which was definitely impactful. And uh, you know, our out of conference schedule was Rutgers, Shiano was getting that thing turned around, they were pretty yep. solid. UCF they ended up in the top in, ten UCF was in their heyday. That yep. that was maybe the best UCF team ever. Yep.
2: Okay. And somehow
1: we ended up with them on the schedule. Yep. Uh, we beat Furman, and then, of course, we had Notre Dame away. And, uh, you know, that was a tough one, too, but uh, tough to go out to Notre Dame and beat Notre Dame.
2: We played um, up really well up there. We 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 gave them a, all they could handle. Yeah. I was really proud of the team afterwards. And,
1: I said and so. uh, you know, of course, the Virginia game, it all came down. And then – but – you know, finish the season with wins over NC State and Duke, which was a a good way to go out at least. And, Coach, uh, you know, I can't tell you how much I appreciate. I know you told Butch uh, that he should retain me, and I really appreciate that to this day. And because, you know, previous to that, I had turned Butch down at Miami. uh, And so when I saw that he was coming in, I was like, well – which is not going to retain me because I turned him down at Miami. So, uh, sure, sure. Uh, But uh, you know, Jagosinski had called and offered me a job at BC, and so uh, Butch called me and told me one to keep me, which I was very appreciative because my son was playing high school football then. Definitely wanted to see him play. Uh, but I, I really appreciate your support uh, very much, and I, I definitely want to. I want to tell you that. I appreciate
2: that. I do very much. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll just say this about Dick Bedore. I, you know, he's not the strongest guy around, Uh and he had, you know, he had people beating on his door to uh, you know, to get me gone and made that decision. Yeah. After the Virginia game up there in Charlottesville, uh, I think it was a bye week. And, I'm very proud of the way I handled everything. I'm glad that he gave me the opportunity to finish the season. That's what I, I, I I think that was important. I think it was important for our players and I think it was important for our staff. And, uh, you know, I met with Butch and I told him about my staff and, and, you know, I I certainly was very complimentary of you and and glad that he was smart enough to, to retain you and, and continue, uh, to make things move, make things better. But, um, you know, th- that was a tough time. Uh, i fortunate once again, to have a very strong wife. She's a, a, a yeah. former coach herself. Sure. I met her. I met her at Glassboro state 33 years ago, 34 yeah. years ago. And, uh, she coached uh, basketball and softball and, uh, a very, a very fiery spirited lady. She is. And, uh, well.
0: <laughs>
1: Coach, we all love, we all still love Dawn. Michelle still talks about her, and you know uh, what a, what an awesome person she was. And I, I just you know, we enjoyed so much uh, the family time with y'all after the victories uh, at your house and so forth, and doing things together. I mean, it's uh, you know we we will always remember those times. Those were some of the best times in my coaching career, no doubt about it, uh, because those things are important. And the one thing that I, you know, that I want to emphasize, you know, about, uh, about your experience at UNC is that uh, I know that you did not want to compromise character for talent. And I've been in some recruiting meetings and when I think we saw a very good athlete who everybody was on and he would not run to the ball. He would not pursue the ball if it went the other way. And you said, I'm, I don't want to take that kid because he will not turn and pursue the ball. He quits on a play. I don't care how much talent he's got. And coach, you know, I really think there's something to be said for that. You know, somebody else in there said, well, maybe we can coach that. Well, maybe, maybe not. You know, but if he's going to be a guy who's not going to give you effort someday and he's got a ton of talent and he maybe has some influence over other people, and he's still not giving you the effort that you need, that's not good. No doubt. No doubt about that. That's going to be a poison. Yeah. So I commend you 100%. For sticking to what you believed down to the end. You didn't care what the consequence was. You were going to stick to what you learned under Dick Vermeil, what you learned as a player, what you learned under Dooley. And uh, I don't forget that stuff, Coach. I mean, I, I know that, that about
2: you. Yeah, I, I appreciate yeah. that. And, and uh, you know, there's one other coach that, that I coached for in Kansas City, Marty Schottenheimer, uh, a, a yeah. no-nonsense guy uh that guy had a big impact on me as well um our staff was was family-like and dick for yep. staff was family-like that's one thing that i wanted to do with our staff i wanted it to be family-like everybody working together let's it's, it's enjoy our nice. time and you know recruiting is recruiting and you have to have good players to win but those guys that are you know great effort players maybe not as talented they're going to win you football right. game as well there's no doubt about that it always happens I, I, i'm 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 one of those guys i was re- really really talented i was a 485 guy at my best on a, on a 40 yard dash and i was 216 pounds but you know i loved the game and i was smart enough to run the defense for the defensive coordinator, Marion Campbell, he'd send the defense in and then I'd make all the adjustments. It was so much fun. Yeah. It was so challenging. And, and the, and I never missed a signal and my players and my teammates, they all knew it. They knew it that nobody, yeah. nobody in the film room would ever stand up and say, I didn't get the call. That's BS. <laughs> I promise you got right. the call. They never did it. So that's, that's what I'm all about. And, you know, when things went down, what am I going to do? Uh, am I going to go back and coach some more? Hey, I'm at my, the job that I wanted. This is the only job I ever, ever really, really, really wanted, but I've got, I've got some experience with Marty, got some experience with Dick. Uh, I like coaching with Jim Haslett down there in new Orleans, but you know, I got the the dream job. I'm going to go pursue some other stuff now. So I got into the radio TV stuff and then Tom Condon, super football agent calls me and says hey can you train Luke Keekley for me seven weeks yeah. down at IMG in Bradenton, Florida sure I'll do that that's what it like. hey will you can you the, the, the next year can you train manti Tao down there at IMG again I said, sure so I t- take six seven weeks and go down there and, and enjoy the Florida Sun it's 75 80 degrees in in January and February hey I need to find a place down here. And that's what we eventually did.
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, Coach, I just, <laughs> I'll just, i just say it again. You know, I mean, uh, I- I'm so proud of who you were through that whole experience and what I learned from you. And uh, I'll never forget that. So, All good, buddy. All very good. Now, I want to ask you uh, – are there any commonalities that you saw with Bill Dooley and Dick Vermeil? Yes, certainly
2: the the work ethic, particularly on the field, uh, is is something that they are very very much the same. Uh, the physical part of the game was emphasized by Bill Dooley. The physical yeah. part of the game. Was certainly emphasized by Dick Vermeil and his staff. Uh, we hit uh, our practices were were just about live. Everything except taking the player, the, the runner down on the ground. Uh, so yeah. it was very spirited. It was it was with with Dick. It was everything was laid out. I mean, he was one of the guys that I think really brought an, another element uh, of of organization uh, to the field. Yeah. Uh, of, of play in his practice schedules, his practice routines. And I, I used, I used most of those for me at Carolina. We used, we, we, we did the same type of stuff. Uh, but, you know, I pulled back on some of the hit because uh, we, we didn't after that first, that first year, we didn't have any players. We had to, we yeah. had to do our very best to keep them healthy. But anyway, those two guys uh, certainly very impactful uh, on my life. Uh, and uh, and to this day, uh, I'm thankful to be called a friend of Jeff Vermeule. He doesn't call me coach. He calls me John.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the other question I had was, was Vermeule the same guy at, with the Rams as he was with the Eagles? Because obviously the game changed and people changed. Was, was he the same? Well, he tried to
0: be.
2: And uh, when we came back out of training camp, uh, we got into the first practice down in St. Louis at our practice facility, and he had the team out there for like three hours, Mm -hmm. a pro team out there, three hours. And it was, you know, St. Louis gets hot and humid like any place uh, out there in the Midwest. I mean, it was an 85 degree day and it was super humid we had eight players go down and they're all have IDs in them. As we go in, side, they protested and would not practice the next day. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. the players players said, coach, we're not doing that again. We're, we're done. Yeah. And and he had, to, he had to change a, a great deal. And he, and he, and right. he did. you know, you've got to utilize that time in a rut in, in the right way. And and uh, so I think he, he learned, he learned, and, and, you know, the pr- practices went from being three hours to an hour and 45 minutes, something like that. Yeah. But, uh, and uh, you know, we, and we weren't very good. Uh, matter of fact, we lost a lot of football games those first two years, but we were, we are striving to change the, the, the character of our, our entire football team. Yeah. Uh, and that's one thing that he brought to the uh, St. Louis Rams, change and and more character. And then we traded for Marshall Falk. And then we got an offensive lineman on free free agency out of Green Bay. And then we uh, got a a couple other guys on defense. We went from being probably one of the worst defenses to, like, number six the year we go to the Super Bowl. We are number one run defense, which I was in charge of. And then when Dick right. re, Dick retires again uh, at, at the end of the season after we win the Super Bowl, Mike March comes in. Mike March wants to bring his own linebacker coach in, and he comes down to my office says, "I don't believe in the co-coordinators." And, uh, and I said, "Coach, it's not broke, don't don't try to fix it. We're number yeah. one in the NFL, number one in the NFL defense." Yeah, fired me the next day. So that's the not for long gotcha. league. Sometimes you know. Oh, yeah, I hear you. Uh, but interestingly enough, and I'll, I'll tell you this story, and I, I, think, it's, I think it's true. Uh, going to the Saints probably was the best thing that could have happened to me because the guy down there that happened to be the executive director of the Sugar Bowl watched the Saints defense get changed, changed around completely, went from being number 25 to like number eight number seven or eight. And, you know, I'm helping run that defense. And when when uh, the coach at Virginia Tech, um, the name escapes me now, Frank Beamer, when he accepted the job in Chapel Hill and then went home and and rejected the job, uh, Paul Houlihan, the executive director of the Sugar Bowl, I think got in touch with, with Dick Bedore and said, I think you should look at this guy as your next yeah. coach. Yeah. now Paul Houlan, uh died about five days ago yeah I saw that uh, he was at our reunion he had a blast wow wonderful wonderful human being super positive full of energy he had a great time with his wife up there I'm so glad that he came because he just had knee replacement surgery yeah died died apparently of, of a heart attack in his in sleep watching television. Wow,
1: yeah. Yep. Well, you know, I saw our guy, the sheriff, was there too.
2: Yeah, he I mean. was a, he was at the reunion. Yes,
1: sir. <laughs> Charles love, Blackwood love,
2: is one of my favorite people of yeah. all time.
1: He really love was. that guy, man. I had lunch with him a few months ago.
2: Yeah, great, great human being,
1: really is. Absolutely. Well, coach, like one more question here, maybe a couple more uh, crucial factors in building a defense in uh, in facing the the. Uh, nature of an offense in 2022 you know what are your what are your uh thoughts there
2: i tell you what you better have speed and yep. you better you better learn how to tackle and of course that's harder and harder to teach these days because there's there's only a certain amount of days that you can put the pads on right yeah so yeah uh speed and tackling uh you know i don't care what defense you play whether it's a, a four three or a four two or you know most of these teams now with uh, the wide receivers and the and the running backs that can kick. Uh, yeah. kick. I mean you're gonna you're gonna be presented uh, with offensive formations with five quick receivers, and you better be able to number one disguise coverages, and number two uh, have guys that can cover people. And sometimes they're gonna be a. They're going to be by themselves. The number one receivers out there next to the sidelines. Hey, sometimes you corner, you corners, you just go out there and cover because the inside throws are the easiest ones to make. So you better get those guys covered. You better have enough corners that are, that are good enough to play for you and and safeties that can come up and tackle. Yeah. Uh, So you still want to get defensive linemen that can rush the passer and put some pressure on the quarterback, get in his face, but you got to be able to have fast people on your defense and you've got to have people that will tackle.
1: Yep. Well, I appreciate that. I had Pagano on uh, last. He was his uh, aired the uh, last, uh, last night it actually aired and uh, pretty much the same deal. You know, you gotta yep. have speed and uh, when you look at these quarterbacks now, how athletic and fast they are making plays and running for first downs, uh, it's a tough deal. I said, "Hey, man, you're gonna spy the quarterback, or what you gonna do?" I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, so, you can't. You can't have
2: enough spies out there. You gotta get some people that can cover. You gotta, gotta get somebody right. in the quarterback's face. That's for sure. Well,
1: uh, a little bit on retirement here. I know you got the 2020, 2020 uh philosophy. Uh, <laughs> you tell me a little bit that, about that. <laughs> that was one of my favorite. Oh, yeah.
2: I can't go through that the way I'd like to do it on, on the the show. But uh, you know it, you know what it's like. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: And I am so, uh, very. We, we built our dream house over there in, in, near Wilmington, out on the uh, intercoastal yep. waterway. I think you've been in it. Uh, it was a beautiful home. But you know, for me, when football season's over, I want to get outside. And it, and now yeah. um, we 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 did that mentoring for Keekly and Manti Teao, I just got a taste of Florida, what it's like in the wintertime. So we got our place yep. in Maine for the summertime, a little cabin, little 1100 square foot cabin up there, right on the water. And yep. we got this place down here. Uh, my wife's become quite the golfer. She's uh, playing three or four times a week now. And when she's not playing wow. golf, she's playing pickleball, which is taking over the world. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I just I'm just hanging I'm I'm a little beat up right now those 13 seasons on that turf every once in a while I get a you know a little bugaboo and I've got a little back issue right now so I I can't swing a oh, golf club because it, it just it, it hurts too much. So yeah. uh I got I was in the pool doing pool aerobics today and uh as soon as my uh, we get my top of my my outdoor kitchen mounted back on cuz it got thrown uh, torn off during the storm uh, yeah i'll be out there grilling so nice i'm 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 di- I'm digging where we're living uh we're in a gated golf community 27 holes uh and and uh we're, we're just having we're having a, a good time and
1: and, and awesome. uh,
2: i think we i think we've earned the, the right
1: no doubt well i live on a golf course here in greenville you know uh, ironwood and uh I have a cart, so I can roll myself right out there anytime (laughs) I want, which is really nice because I live on number four, and uh, I am usually in the 80s. My best score here is an 82, so that makes me happy anytime I'm in the 80s. That's great. That's great stuff. uh, That's been a lot of fun. So, uh, sounds like the Don and John life in 2022 is very rewarding. It's good stuff. Glad to hear it. All good there stuff, you know. and I got
2: myself a 12
1: year old Weimariner. So
2: okay, you know, how, you know how much I like those. Oh, yeah, and uh, yeah. You, you, please tell Michelle we love her and, and, and we miss her, and we'll meet again sometime. No doubt. Tell me that city you live in again. We're in Naples, Florida.
1: Okay, all yeah.
2: right, yep, and it's uh, well, there's a your, your bed's waiting for you right here, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're for traveling it. around. We went to Arizona last, and we're uh, thinking about <clears throat> where we're going to go in the next couple. And, you know, I've been down to uh, Key West a few times, and you always tell me to, to look up Luigi Giamona, but <laughs> Louis G, I'm scared to look him up as what, as far as what he's going to get me into down there. So <laughs> that, that, that is some very good uh,
2: game planning right there, staying away from <laughs> Louis Giamona, my, yeah. my old roommate. Yeah. That man is crazier than anybody I've ever, ever known. He was the fiercest competitor that I've ever seen. Our special teams captain, 5'9", 175 pounds.
1: Yep. Well, you know, I met him. And, uh, you know, yes, he is a crazy (laughs) man. There's no doubt about it. But uh, he was definitely representative of the Eagles and what they stood for, for sure. No doubt. No doubt. Well, Coach, I want to go ahead and close it out. Thank you so much for being on. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Uh, So this is Jeff Connors, uh, Absolute Empowerment, ArmoredLife.org. Always remember that faith is believing what you can't see, and the reward for believing is you get to see it. Love it. Uh, Thanks a lot, and God bless. See you later, Coach. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on the Sports Objective. Join us every Monday night for a new edition of the show, Listen to the show pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Sports Obj on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show and go pirates!